and welcome back to TV Watch, a podcast from Digital TV Europe looking at the biggest news and trends in the worlds of broadcasting, streaming and everything else to do with the TV industry in Europe and further afield. I'm Jonathan Easton, Deputy Editor of Digital TV Europe and on today's show I speak with Matthew Bailey, Senior Analyst at Research House Omdia about the rise of digital advertising and why brands are shifting their spend away from traditional linear TV. It's no secret that everything in our lives is becoming more digital. From banking to the ways that we consume our entertainment, there is simply no way back from an always online world of ones and zeros. This is something which advertisers, the people most desperately trying to get in front of the eyeballs of consumers, know and they are on the cutting edge. By 2020, the global online video advertising revenue market was largely controlled by Google and Facebook. However, over the coming years, the market will see Hollywood studios and local broadcasters grow their digital extensions and a new generation of AVOD services gain traction. Joining me to talk about this is Matthew Bailey, senior analyst at Omdia and author of a recently published global online video advertising report. Do you want to just give a bit of an outline of, of your report and kind of what it's saying about the growth that we can expect to see in the video advertising market? The report is based on our analysis of just over 20 key online video advertising markets, looking at how the, the revenue breakdown is in each of those markets, uh, how much do broadcasters take, how big are the likes of YouTube and Facebook in those markets, and how is the market going to evolve over the next few years? So, as you'll probably have guessed, it's on an upward trajectory. Online video is going to continue to grow substantially. It's going to effectively double in value mm. between 2020 and 2024. So, so we're seeing it as a as a as a key driver of not just online advertising revenue and spend, but also other adjacent segments such as TV. Because obviously, there's the perceived idea that everything is is moving online now Mm -hmm. not just in terms of how people watch their tv but just broadly everything we do is now over the internet and operators are are moving more towards ip you know all these sorts of things how how much of this growth is going to come from online and is is that basically just the future so obviously we're talking about online video advertising here that's a that's a growing segment Um, Mm. If you look at video advertising as a whole, so the combined total of linear TV and online, what we're seeing is that linear TV is actually pretty resilient. There's still still a lot of advertising dollars going into linear TV. Um, Lots of advertisers still see it as the main way to kind of build brand awareness and reach. So it's, it's, it's certainly not going away anytime soon. But it is a largely stagnant or slightly declining market. So linear TV took a major hit during 2020 and the COVID pandemic, whereas online video was slightly more resilient and actually grew on an overall basis over the year. And that that trajectory is going to continue. And while linear TV will start to recover to an extent, we don't expect it on a global basis to actually reach pre-COVID revenue levels over the next five years. So while 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 there will be some growth in TV, almost all of it's going to be coming from online channels. 
Well, as you mentioned COVID there, why did COVID have such an impact on advertising? Was it literally just because all markets were impacted by, you know, supply demand? Or is it a bit more complex than just that reading? So you've got the kind of the different views you can take on it. So if you look at advertising as a whole, yes, brands were frozen or, or massively reduced in, in a lot of cases. Um, and it meant that advertisers needed to be more efficient with where they were putting their advertising dollars. So that also comes against the backdrop of advertising dollars shifting towards online uh, platforms, which we've been seeing over the past few years. But what happened in 2020 was this really accelerated, partly because online offers much uh, more visible return on ad spend um, and perceive greater efficiencies and also can, can drive outcomes at a more visible level than, than TV. There was also the kind of general shift towards OTT video consumption that, again, it accelerated during 2020. So, so that's part of the reason why, why TV was hit so hard. Um, mm. But if you look at the likes of Facebook and Google um, and YouTube in particular, their results for the whole of the year actually really exceeded expectations. They still posted really strong growth. And that's kind of symptomatic of, of what's happening. A lot of the dollars are shifting towards online platforms. And as the, the overall budgets were decreasing due to COVID, it had a, a market effect on other advertising segments. Well, that's one interesting thing, I think, in the uh, in the report is that I wasn't surprised to see that, that YouTube is such a dominant force. You see all these statistics about just how much time is spent on YouTube across the world every day. Something like, you know, a million minutes are being uploaded of YouTube con video, you know, per hour or something, you know, something ludicrous like that. But Facebook has never really struck me as a massive player in the video space. So they've they've got Facebook Watch in terms of a video platform, but that's not nearly on the level of of a, of a YouTube. What, what else are they doing in video that means that they are part of this duopoly, as it were? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And as you mentioned, Facebook Watch, they have, but it's not huge, especially in comparison to YouTube and, and, and other kind of AVOD platforms. Where Facebook dominates is the outstream video advertising segment. So whereas uh, YouTube is primarily, video revenue is primarily in-stream, so that's your TV-like uh, online video advertising that plays during, before or after content, and it's the, the kind of advertising that's employed on BVOD platforms as well. Uh, Facebook does something slightly different, so if on Facebook, as you're scrolling through your newsfeed, if you get an, a video ad on there, we'll count that as video advertising revenue. Right. It might not specifically be tied to any specific piece of video content. Mm, okay. And and Facebook dominates that space. Um, so so what we're seeing is that a lot of dollars that were going towards digital display, so static banners and, and images, is is shifting towards these outstream video formats, and that's a, a segment that Facebook dominates. Well, obviously as well, we've got a massive influx of traditional broadcasters, as it were, moving into digital space. Viacom, CBS is rapidly ramping up. Uh, Pluto internationally, mm -hmm. NBC Universal launched Peacock, which obviously is just a US product, but there's talks that they are apparently demanding, you know, the equivalent to what would be primetime TV money for advertising on Peacock. Mm -hmm. So do you expect that that 
balance to shift more towards the traditional broadcasters or do you think Facebook and YouTube are just so dominant at this point? I think that it's a it's a bit of both really so we expect all all of those types of players to, to grow and we believe that they can grow alongside each other. Um, the, the difference is that the advertising dollars are shifting from different places in some instances so the kind of advertising that goes to Peacock, for instance, it, it will have probably been allocated as TV advertising. Right. So, um, so we, that's probably slightly more cannibalistic of TV advertising. So uh, that's not really eating into the share of, of YouTube and Facebook? No, not, not particularly. It will have an impact and it will. it's likely that it will be a much more competitive environment, but they do play in slightly different spaces. So, okay. but, but at the same time, YouTube and Facebook are actively going after those TV mm -hmm. advertising budgets. So it's going to be a really interesting space. What we are seeing is a rapid rise in connected TV video advertising. Okay. So advertising delivered to connected uh, TV devices, such as a Roku stick, Amazon Fire, uh, game console, or even directly on the smart TV itself. And we expect that to be an area that broadcasters are really going to be able to push home an advantage because mm -hmm. they have the the premium long form content that finds its its ideal home on those larger screen devices, whereas mobile um, tends to be the the kind of dominant area for YouTube and Facebook. But at the same time, we are seeing some movement from social video platforms such as TikTok. So they they launched a an Android TV app earlier this year yeah. um, across some European markets. So it's, it's a really interesting space, actually, okay. um, that, that broadcasters are, are definitely in prime position to, to dominate, but the actions of the, the kind of tech giants may hamper that somewhat. So, so it'll be interesting to see. But broad, broadly, we do expect YouTube and Facebook to, to retain their share of, of the market. One thing that I just want to ask about before we move off off of YouTube, in the past few years, we've there's been a couple of you know looking through the history of YouTube, there've been what kind of people in the community have dubbed the ad apocalypse <laughs> a couple of times. If I'm right in uh, in kind of my my summation of this, is it basically that there was a clampdown from advertisers who didn't want their their adverts being placed on less savoury content as it were on the platform exactly right um, and do you expect there to be more of this kind of editorial advertising kind of oversight in the coming years which may slightly lean towards the bigger more established players on on the platform yes so brand safety is still a key concern for advertisers across the online space so YouTube has been doing a lot to try and make its platform more advertiser friendly and um, they're, they're moving into more kind of like longer form professionalized content but at the same time there's always going to be that risk so yeah it, it is some it is some an area that um, broadcasters and other premium AVOD providers can push home an advantage. Um, yeah I certainly I've seen driving yeah. around I know it's a different different field but i've seen ad adverts from uh, from radio broadcasters and they mm -hmm. really flag that they are you know trusted homes yeah. for advertisers so maybe that's kind of as as you're saying would give the uh, traditional names an advantage De definitely 
so so that that's an area that they're going to to try and look to to kind of compete and it's it's an area that they should be able to win the issue is that they on their own they won't have the same kind of scale that youtube and facebook have Mm -hmm. uh, and the reach and also some of the stuff that youtube and facebook are doing so they're moving into new advertising formats so shoppable ads that's that started to become a big thing um especially in, in response to amazon's increasing movement into the digital advertising space right um and it's it's something that some broadcasters in the us for instance have been experimenting with shoppable video advertising on so how, how does that actually work from a from a consumer perspective so a lot of it will be just a an, an ad that you can click through to a storefront um facebook and and particularly instagram they launched instagram checkout so you could click through and actually buy a product on that platform um it's just about reducing the friction and uh, reducing the amount of time from exposure to an ad to the actual purchase and if you can do it all within one platform then you can effectively close the loop i can understand that working on mobile there is a kind of hurdle that needs to be overcome if they want to achieve that on on the tv would you say mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, yes. So interactivity on connected TV advertising is not as, it's not as strong as it could be. And we do expect quite a bit of um, advancement in connected TV advertising formats and contexts over the coming years, which will help support growth in the space. Another thing that YouTube's doing is that they're starting to list the products. So, so they've just announced a feature where they, they, they kind of show the products that are featured in a video and you can go through and buy them. That's something that has kind of been mooted in other OTT video segments, but it's still at a very early stage. Um, another way that could be done is tying it to a kind of second screen experience. So if you're watching the connected TV app with your mobile in your hand, then perhaps you could go to your mobile to, to do the, um, the interactive stuff or actually fulfill the purchase. Right. Um, so, so there are ways around it, but uh, you're, you're right. There's, there's still a lot of experimentation to be done. And increasingly, that's going to involve players across the landscape. So that's the media owners, the, the platform owners, and increasingly hardware manufacturers who are taking uh, an increasing share in the online video advertising market, actually. Um, so if you look at what Roku is doing, so they've got the Roku channel, which is their AVOD mm-hmm. service. But they're also taking an inventory cut of other services that are using uh, ad-supported monetization strategies on their their platform. So typically they take 30% of of advertising inventory uh, for their own kind of ad sales teams. Um, So this is creating quite an interesting new environment. And if you think about Amazon there as well, Mm -hmm. and the their kind of role as both an aggregator on the fire tv side but also the world's biggest retailer i think it's a a really interesting area to keep an eye on Mm, i think the roku one's particularly interesting because Mm. they're launching this uh, in-house brand studio for new ad formats Mm -hmm. and uh, and tv programming tailored for marketing so it's really all centered around that angle isn't it yeah, definitely. And um, and we can expect to see a lot more of this over the over the coming years. Last thing I just wanted to touch on was an aspect in the in the report which I found particularly interesting looking at the UK uh, and, and how BVOD is such a dominant force there. Is that something that you expect to continue or do you think that 
as as you know people switch more to ott that foreign players will will play a bigger role i think it's it's interesting so if you look at the uk tv and video market compared to the us it's very different so a lot of what's happening in the us and driving um kind of uptake of ott and particularly the, the appeal of avod services is the fact that a lot of that tv market has been dominated by pay tv so if you wanted to catch up on tv content a lot of the time you'd have to log into a tv everywhere app from a broadcaster through authentication from your pay tv provider right whereas yeah. in the uk and across Europe, it's it's a slightly different environment in that we're used to having these freely available ad-supported catch-up apps. It means that the the need for these separate OTT apps or cord cutting isn't as essential in the UK as it is in the US. So so that's kind of what's driven the strength of them, and we do expect it to continue to to take hold over the coming years. So so yes, we expect <laughs> continued growth in UK BVOD because we're seeing usage go up. And we do expect that a lot of companies are going to start moving into um, kind of cross-platform advertising sales. So being able to fulfill advertising campaigns across both linear TV and also OTT BVOD. You expect this to be something which which carries carries across most of Europe, would you say? Yeah, it, it differs. Uh, you'll know yes. <laughs> that, that uh, it's not the world isn't flat, for, mm. especially in Europe. So. There's a lot of different uh, nuances ac across markets in the region. Uh, but in general, yes, it's a bigger opportunity in the UK and, and some of the other major European markets than, than the likes of the US, which is seeing the need for Peacock and, and Pluto and, and other kind of broadcaster owned AVOD apps. Whereas we think that in the UK and other markets like the UK, that can essentially be folded into the existing I suppose and, you see like currently um, HBO Max, for example, in the States it mm -hmm. is kind of the, the equivalent to the, the amount of content they've got on there would be something like uh, Sky Go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of interesting parallel. They will come under pressure. In th This isn't to say that it's going to be a free ride for, for UK broadcasters, but we do expect Bebo to continue to grow in the UK. And we expect it to start to account for a greater share of TV and video advertising revenue. All right. Well, I think it's a it's a very, very interesting market to be uh, keeping on top of. And I'm sure we'll hear more from you guys in the coming future. Yes, definitely. Thanks very much for, for having me on. So that's the show. Thank you very much to Omdia's Matthew Bailey and thanks to you for listening. TV Watch is written, produced and mixed by me, Jonathan Easton and Digital TV Europe's editor is Stuart Thompson. You can find me on Twitter at EastJohnEast or get in touch with me via email at jonathan.easton at informa.com. You can follow Digital TV Europe at Digital TV Europe on Twitter and at digitaltveurope.com where you can sign up for our daily newsletter that will keep you up to speed on all of the latest goings on in the TV industry. And if you're new to the show and would like to be informed when the latest episodes are released, you can subscribe to TV Watch on your preferred podcast platform of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever. Thank you again for listening. Bye-bye.